What's up, friends? Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of Beyond the Cover Podcast with me, your host, Becky Kahn. And as I promised last week, we do have a special guest in the house. And I am telling you, you guys are in for a treat. However, before I tell you who this is, I'm going to make some of you laugh because we may have to split this into two different podcasts because my friend, my pal, my amigo, (laughs) John Villarreal. Amigo, because I'm Mexican. (laughs) Is in his house today. (laughs) Come on, come on. Somebody tell me what's up. John, I am so glad that you are here, honestly. I'm so glad I'm here, too. And not not just for the podcast, but for the coffee <laughs> and the comfort. I am so comfortable right now. I love in that. This room. I it love feels that. amazing in here. I don't know okay. how you control the temperature. Public like service announcement. People, okay. we are not in the closet together. <laughs> <laughs> We're out of the closet. We together. are out of the closet. <laughs> and you get to enjoy my um, very first day of brewing my Brazilian coffee because my friend ordered me, I was telling Jeremy, my friend ordered me a six month, like a world tour of coffee. So Mm -hmm. I'm gonna get a different bag of coffee from different places around the world once a month for six months. What what are you gonna send her in return as like a gift bag? Well, see what had happened was for her birthday, we go every once a month, we go to Kelly's Country Cooking because that's like delicacies, you know? We go there for, that's it, that's it. We go there for breakfast. And so for her birthday, I got her a year's worth of breakfasts, basically. Wow. And said. you could do that. That's awesome. I mean, I just basically tallied up what it costs us every time we go and multiplied it by 12 and got her a gift card for that. So, (laughs) but I make it sound really fancy by saying it's a year's worth. Brazil's great. Um, I love Brazil. I've never been there, but I'm sure I'd love it if I did. Heck yeah. The coffee's good so far. Well, thanks. The jujitsu's pretty good, too. (laughs) You know, you know about that stuff. I know about that stuff. Yes. Heck yeah. Yeah. Well, um, John is going to share a little bit about his journey, um, his life, just a little glimpse into who he is, uh, what he's about, some of the struggles that he's been through in life. Mm -hmm. And my hope is that uh, people, listeners will be able to take away from this um, a nugget that will encourage them, that they'll see a little bit of light in um, what it is that you share and how you share it. But I have to tell you that... um, Whenever you sent me just a little glimpse of what you were going to share today, I was I was incredibly overwhelmed by your vulnerability. And so I just want to tell you in advance, thank you. Of course. Thank you for that. So, I want to set an example, honestly, for the red meat, um, the testosterone males of this country that you can be open about your feelings mm. and you don't have to act like John Wayne all the time. Like you Come can on. be open with it. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to... I mean, that's a that's a part of the audience I'm trying to reach today. Yeah. It's not the whole audience because there's a lot of people that I, I hope that hear this that get something out of it. Yeah. But that's a, that's a, star, a good starting point is, is, you know, I might think I'm like this quote unquote alpha male whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm really not. You know, I yeah. mean, I'm just a big teddy bear. I'm in my feelings, as the kids <laughs> say. I'm, you know, getting I, I'm lit in, in my feelings and you can, everybody can do that and everybody can yeah. minister. I mean, that's your ministry is your story, right? Like, mm. so mm-hmm. you can minister to anyone and use that, use what you've gone through, Absolutely. apply it, use platforms like, like we're doing right now mm-hmm. and spread it, yeah. like spread it like, like fire and hopefully spread somebody the fire gets like it. fire. Huh? Yeah. There yeah. you go. Some, yeah. and hopefully somebody get, you know, somebody gets something. 
out of what I'm going to talk about or what I'm going to say. Well, dig in, brother. Start wherever okay. it is that you feel led to start. Well, um, my name is John Villarreal. Mm. I'm married to Tara. Love that who, chick. Uh, a lot of people do love. Um, and she's, you know, uh, means the world to me. My kids mean everything to me. Um, our life is gone from difficult to so much better and we've been blessed so much recently that I don't even know what to say I don't even know how to explain my gratitude mm -hmm. to God to what you know how, how different things are now than they used to be um, especially in terms and of course a big topic we're going to talk about is my anxiety but the way my anxiety has changed the closer that I've gotten to God and how I'm slowly starting to lose I, I, I hate that I said that my anxiety I, that's one Come thing on. I'm working on yeah is I've got to quit owner, owning that. Yeah. It's not mine. Yeah. It's not mine anymore. And, you know, I, it's funny that I remembered to even say that because mm -hmm. I was thinking I need to re I need to remember that it ain't mine. You know, I, so I don't So empower need to say some that. people with that. What, so it you have changed it, the language. It's not yours. And you start by declaring that, you know, to me it was, it was a declaration that I made. Like, mm -hmm. I, you know, I got to stop saying my, 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 it's not my anxiety. Like I used to have anxiety. I'm coming out of it. I may still have setbacks when I get in the car and I haven't been on a plane yet in a while. So I, I you know, I have steps to take forward mm -hmm. as my anxiety is very specific. It's very specific. It's not me. You know, sometimes it is going to the store. And sometimes it is being in a big building and sometimes it's this and that and the other thing. Or so, but it's not like I don't have the social anxiety. Like I don't, I don't sit in a room with people and get nervous. Sure, you know? sure. That doesn't happen to me. I get in a car and it feels like I'm falling backwards. Mm -hmm. I get in a plane and I'm trapped 30,000 feet in the air and mm -hmm. in a box. And, and I can't get out till the flight's over. So mm -hmm. that requires a lot of medication mm -hmm. self-medication mm -hmm. and uh which we'll get into that later too but um you know it's been a really difficult journey but it started it really starts early in my life i had a lot of weird accidents mm -hmm. childhood traumas that happened to me um when i was three i got electrocuted i got thrown across the room my hand what? was black I wanted to watch Family Ties, and I just got out of the shower. My sister had plugged in our our eight track radio. Wow! And I went into the, yeah, I'm taking it way back, right? Yeah. And I went to I wanted to watch Family Ties starring the great Michael J. Fox, and uh, this is like 1985, right? And I go to plug in my TV that she had unplugged. Yeah. I go to plug it back in, and I stuck my finger in between the two prongs, prongs, and my hand was wet, and wow. I just it just exploded in my face. Wow. And I woke up at the kitchen table with my hand in a bowl of ice. Wow. Like, I don't know how many hours later with the lights flickering because my dad, Mr. Do-It-All, was in there trying to fix the electrical problems that I caused from that. Ended up in the, you know, in the, in the, in the urgent care that night uh, or whatever they called it in 1985. Right, I don't right. remember it being called <laughs> urgent care, but whatever they called it then. Um, that was the first thing. And then uh, I remember getting my hand slammed in the door of our Lincoln and a woman tried to pull me out oh, wow. and my finger almost came off 
wow. when I slammed my hand in the door, I slammed a finger in the in the door of our car, and then uh, rather than just opening the door, <laughs> no, the door was locked. She we tried to open oh, it, and then geez. she started pulling me, and my mom was like, "What are you doing? Stop!" Unlocks the door, pulls me out. Uh, I'm in the hospital again. Um, so that happens, and then I'm and I'm coming up to kindergarten now. So kindergarten. <laughs> I'm in my dad's truck. It's 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 me. It's my dad. It's my uncle Benny and my cousin Ben. And we're in. Like I said, we we left the beach house that we were staying at in Galveston, and we were driving into town. Like we were staying in Jamaica Beach or something. And we're driving into town, and all of a sudden my leg starts burning. Hmm. I sat on a, like this vial of some kind of acidic stuff that he had in his truck that he used to like paint cars. What? And it burned a hole in my leg. Shut up. And it burned through my clothes and everything. All of this happened, and I ended up in the Shriners burn unit that night. And then they noticed a limp two weeks later, completely unrelated, but they weren't sure what it was. Two weeks later, they, they, they find a limp, or they see me limping, whatever. Yeah. And, and it was actually funny, because I'm going to talk about death a lot, but uh, I think it was at a funeral, they saw me limping. So they took me in, got x-rays. I was diagnosed with leg perthes, which is a bone disease that attacks the femur joint into the pelvis. Wow. So then I was in a wheelchair for two years. What the heck? I had leg braces and I was in a wheelchair for two years. I was Mr. My dad was Mr. Star Athlete, and I was expecting to follow in his footsteps. Right. Become this, you know, childhood, you know, uh, prodigy at football and baseball and basketball and mm. all these sports and I, I wanted to follow my dad who was Mr. All City San Antonio in the 60s and great football player running mm. back baseball player like, I wanted to do all these things and uh, it's kind of taken away from me mm. and I'm in a freaking wheelchair yeah for two years and uh, that brings us up to being eight years old so <laughs> so that was my Life. That's what yeah. I was used to. I was used to trauma. Mm. My life was trauma. And completely, and I, I feel so bad for for my parents who having to deal with those things because mm. not one of those things was their fault. Yeah. You know, and they they raised me like they they were so amazing to me my whole life. Like mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. they they weren't perfect like anybody, but but they gave me so much. Yeah. And the fact that they had to deal with these traumas as well, like their own child even, watching yeah, them watching go through this you. pain yeah. and this suffering. And it all kind of started, I think, right there. And I can tie a lot of that to that because it, it all went away. Like, you know, that stuff kind of stopped. And I mm -hmm. had a normal life. I had a normal upbringing. I even was able to play sports in, you know, junior high and, you know, a little bit in high school. I wasn't. I got into some other stuff, and I don't need to go into to that. But <laughs> that'll be another uh, episode. That another episode. <laughs> but uh, you know, um, I was I was uh, you know trying to do what I wanted to do, which was you know be an athlete again. And but I but I got to live a normal life. Um, you know, and all that changed. And then and then one day, um, I uh, you know I just got a phone call. I was at work, and uh, I was you know this is in my twenties now. And um, and I heard that my friend had died in a car accident, and she was she was an actress, and she was in she was in New Mexico doing um, South Pacific, South Pacific. She was the lead in South Pacific, right? Mm. And she was turning at a light, and 
this truck came barreling down the road. You know, young kid, 18, 19 years old, smashed into her and just wow. killed her. Like, just terrible, you know, just like the worst. I don't know. <clears throat> so that was, you know, um, that was a weird, that was weird at that age, like going through a death. How old a contemporary. were you I was 20, 21, 22, oh, something so like that. Mm-hmm. And then... But here's the the kicker, though. Six months later, I'm at a light at the at, you know, I'm I'm on the Beltway here in here in Houston. You know, I'm on the Beltway feeder right here right here in Pasadena, and um, I take off at a green light and I get smashed into. Wow. This almost the same way. The car barreling through two red lights, but I live right. Hmm. This is almost six months of the day. Wow. It's December 12, 2005, right? So that was. Well, coming up on 15 years of that accident. Um, <clears throat> so the stuff started again, right? The trauma came back, I guess. Did you feel guilt because you I lived? felt guilt because I survived and yeah. I mean, she didn't. Like, I thought I was, I thought I was like, I didn't think of it in gratitude. I was, gr- I was, sure. for at first when I got out of the car, I was very gracious. Like, I was like, oh my God, like, I can't believe I survived that. Yeah. And then that went away so quickly and I immediately went into guilt because yeah. I didn't have any other route. I didn't know anything else. I mean, I was depressed like, you know, I had, um, I just, it was a weird existence at that time in my yeah. early twenties trying to figure out who you are. Like life's hard enough without right. stuff like that happening. But, um, I just, uh, you know, I just kind of like, tried to pick up the pieces from that and go forward yeah and live and you know and just go back to living hey I lost my car hey I'm gonna get a new truck great you know that was what my focus was on was like I'm getting a new vehicle I'm a young kid I'm gonna get the coolest vehicle I can find and uh and I did I got like a I got a cool truck and I thought I was Mr. you know hot stuff (laughs) and um you know could rule the world and everything and 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 this was in March of 06. I'm on I'm I'm on the uh, Pierce Elevated going through downtown, and it's about 7 a.m. And there's nobody on the road. It's on a weekend. And I was going to work, and everything closed in on me. Like the walls closed. Like I might like my I had tunnel vision. Yeah. And I was up elevated in the middle Mm. of the city and I started feeling like I was falling and I didn't know what was going on I had no idea what was happening to me yeah um and that was the first time I ever had a panic attack wow and I didn't know what to do because I'm on the I'm going 65 miles an hour through the middle of downtown so my first thought was just exit get off of this as soon as you can um, little did I know me exiting right there was going to eat up parts of my life that I had no idea that I had no idea was going to happen if oh. I knew what was going to happen to me had I exited mm-hmm. that was the first step into avoidance mm. into avoiding all of it that was my first step was taking the exit right there to Allen Parkway off of the Pierce Elevated uh-huh. and getting off the highway had I known that, I would have stayed on the highway and fought through it. 
Mm. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fighter. So you're saying that because you got off, you basically like, I opened the door. succumbed to it and... I opened the door mm. and I fell down the stairs all the way to the bottom. Mm. You know, if life is a staircase, I was at the top at that point. Yeah. And I fell all the way to the bottom. Wow. And now at 37 years old, all these years later, I'm probably halfway up the staircase again. Yeah. Which is good, right? But... Yeah. Better than being I at the bottom. I fell to the bottom for 15 years. Yeah. You know, it, it, a lot. I see a lot of good things happen in that time too. But, but starting, like starting over and having, having a temperament of a child almost. Mm. Having like, I don't have my I don't have my parents with me. They're not the ones driving me through this mess like in a car like they're not the ones driving me through the, these highways and navigating like when I was a kid like I'm doing it yeah and then I lost my ability to do it I lost my ability to drive on the highway it, it was taken away in that moment. literally taken could, away could not drive on I that. could not I was crippled mm. when anytime I got on the highway I would get crippled I would be crippled fear like I couldn't move wow and what do you do when you're in the left lane going 70 miles an hour mm -hmm. what are you supposed to do so what do you do to avoid that? You literally avoid it. You don't get on you the highway. You don't get on the highway. Wow. And um, well, clearly so, you worked off of the highway. So how'd that work out? Did you take back roads to get to where you I worked? Know, or? I, can, I can take you anywhere in this city without Google Maps. I can take you anywhere because I know every street in this town. The fourth biggest city in the United States. I know it back and forth. I know everything from the northwest to the southeast to the northeast to the mm. southwest. I can take you anywhere um, without getting Google on a highway. Maps, without getting on a highway. <laughs> hey, that's a all. good thing that came out of it this. It is a good thing, right? I mean, thing. let's look at that silver lining. Yeah, that's wow. one way of looking so at it. So to this day, can you get still, on no, a highway? It's still there. I'm still. That's what. I don't know that. Okay, considering the way I think about death. And considering the high, the, the the large amount of highway fatalities mm. that that we see in this country, that we see in this city, especially every single day, I don't even see it. I don't even think it's worth it anymore. Mm -hmm. Which is crazy. But that's not me giving up. Mm. I don't think it's even worth getting on the highway. Is your life really worth getting there a little bit faster? Mm. No, it's not. To me, it's not. Yeah. To some other people, I mean, they they don't have this. They don't. You know, it doesn't even... They don't even think about it. They don't it. even think about it. I mean, it doesn't even cross their mind. But that day, like I said, I got off the highway. And then little parts of my life started getting eaten up by this disease. Mm. I went to a psychiatrist. Uh, that was no help. I've been to... I've had some really good doctors throughout the years. Yeah. But the first one was no help whatsoever. I mean, I, did I get back on the highway after that? Yes, I did. But I was still crippled with fear. I would go, have these ups and downs for like three years probably. Mm -hmm. I'd get on and off the highway. Um, but, uh, you know, all these doctors, all these, all these, uh, seeing all these people, I mean, it, it, it's in you. Like, you have to do it. Like, Mm -hmm. They're never you. They're never going to get on the road with you and do that. Like they, they can't do that. Right. Nobody's going to get on a plane with me. Yeah. But that's another thing. Like I said, it, eat, it eats up other parts of your life. 
So I stopped flying after a certain amount of time. Yeah. I haven't been on a plane in almost a decade, mm -hmm. which is crazy to me. I take mm -hmm. the train around the country, which is great too, right? You were There's telling some more me about silver. that. I know. I love the train. I didn't even know I that the train, the train existed. I know. So. It's like 2020 and it still goes on. And it smells like 1965 on there too, but... <laughs> It's, you guys, there is a train that you can catch in Houston that takes you goes all the different way to LA. places. Yeah. New Orleans to LA, the Sunset Limited. Like a passenger train. Yes. That blew my mind. With beds. You can sleep in it. That you is crazy. You can sleep in it and they serve you food to you. They serve you steak and lobster to your room. It's great. Y'all, this is today. Like 2020. 2020. Yeah. That's crazy. And it's like a piece of, it's a, it is a, a, another silver lining. It mm -hmm. is a slice of Americana that's mm -hmm. lost. That we don't get anymore. Mm -hmm. People don't take the trains, especially in in the South. We never really did have a transit system like that. I mean, we did in the like, I don't know, pre 30s, I guess. Like, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. we took trains everywhere. There was a train from here to Galveston. I've done all kinds of train research too, by the way, all these years. But <laughs> um, it's that didn't get taken. You know, that that was a way. That was me adapting. Yeah. Right. That was yeah. me adapting. I had to go to Detroit for my best friend's wedding one time in 2012. And you took a train? I took a train. It was 48 hours one way. Holy smokes. And it took, yeah, it took 48 what? complete hours, you know. It's crazy. Uh, switched in San Antonio, jumped on another train there. Dallas, Little Rock, St. Louis, Chicago, Detroit. Wow. Seen all of those places in that one fell swoop. Yeah. Um, you know, so you couldn't, cool. you can't, you couldn't, can't at this point. I don't want to say can't. Okay. I don't, I really don't. When I said that, that word, it actually sounded really, really strong and yeah. wrong. Yeah. Strong and wrong. So. Yeah. I want it to be wrong. It is I, wrong. I want it to be wrong. It is wrong. It's not, so, it's not your fault. I, I want that. Like I'm yeah. changing my, the way I talk about this stuff because I have to heal at a certain yes. point. And that's the first step because that's something I can't control. It's the way I talk about it. Yeah. So anyway, you were saying. Power of life and death are in the tongue, right? Scripture tells us. So if we say we can't, then we're then claiming that we're claiming over our that life. We can't. That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. So um, right now, you don't get on the highway. No. And you don't get on a plane. No. Um, what are there other things there that you said that, that 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 just kind of ate away? I used away? to love going to live sport event, sporting events. Yeah. Um, rockets, Astros, Texans, but now. When I go to these things, I have to sit in hand the handicap section mm. because I can escape easily. But it immediately, it took away my ability to even sit at a large arena or like go up into a building. I can't, I haven't gone past like the seventh floor of a building since then either. Wow, okay. Because it's crippling. Like if I get up, the higher and higher I get up, the more and more crippled I get. Mm. As far as like, I can barely, control my font like I can barely walk wow if I go to like the 10th floor 11th floor of somewhere well actually I have been a little bit higher than that but like say I wanted to go to Sears Tower in Chicago and look out like they do in Ferris Bueller no nope. can you imagine what I mean I would try it mm -hmm. maybe go floor by floor by floor but you know uh it's not something that like all of those things are taken away like I can't fly right I I'm I'm in the process of trying to figure out how to fly again, mm -hmm. but I want to see the world. I want to see Italy, where my family's from. I want to see Thailand. Yeah. I want to go train in Thailand, like with the Thai boxers. Yeah. I want to. I want to go to Brazil and do jujitsu on the beach. 
you know, I want to do all these, th like, I want to go to all over the world. I want to go to Vietnam and just eat street food. So you for know, people like, that have not suffered, so in, in a sermon one time, I said, and, and, and this, is the, this is truth, like, people I know suffer with depression, um, they suffer with anxiety, they suffer mm -hmm. with these things, and, and I was specifically speaking about uh, uh, depression at the time, but when I said this statement, I said, I, I used to get, and even at that point, and this was just a couple of years ago, I used to get frustrated with people that suffered and, and I'm saying suffered now because we, we said that just right before we started this podcast. Suffered. Su suffered um, or suffer with anxiety or depression because I'm like, suck it up. Like, shake it off. Mind over matter, you know, because I had never suffered with it, mm -hmm. right? And so there was no way that I could understand what it was that somebody that truly is depressed because I think depression, and I'm talking about depression, depression is an overused word right now, an overused term, an overused description for someone being sad. It's easy. You can be sad and not be depressed. People put that on their words all the time. Absolutely. And they want to declare it. And it's for, I don't know, without going. It's almost been glorified. Like it has it's almost been. been. I mean, go to the doctor. If they tell you you're clinically depressed, okay, you're depressed. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But you don't just self-diagnose that. You right. You don't just give it and out that's to what, yourself. Yes, yeah. yes. And I made kind of a blanket statement at that point, and a friend of mine came and was like, that was really insensitive for you to say. And mm -hmm. and I, I said in the, you know, I was like, this is what I, this is what I've, what I have said is that, you know, it's mind over matter, matter. like, pull up your, your bootstraps and like, let's go, okay. push it, push through it, blah, 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 whatever, whatever, whatever. I understand that there are some people that there's like a chemical imbalance and the whole thing, and but I can't align with it because I have never experienced it. Mm -hmm. Anxiety, I have experienced, you know, there was a time that I did suffer with some anxiety, but it was very short term, you know, it was a very short term thing for me. Yeah, and, those two things are not mutually exclusive either. I, I suffer from both. Mm -hmm you know, but they're not mutually exclusive. They're totally different. Totally different. Totally different. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. And in this, in addressing this, I was talking about both of them because those are things that, that kids and students, and I was talking to students, those are things that they throw around quite often, you know, depression and anxiety, depression and anxiety, because it's almost like a cool thing for it, for the kids almost like they have to label it's like themselves an artful somehow. expression almost. Yes. Yes. Which is, so I hate that I hate that it has been glorified by an entire generation. I'm not blaming the generation. I'm blaming, you know, I'm kind of blaming just society in general. Yeah. I mean, because it's it's kind of it's just let that go like it's some kind. It's not. It's a true diagnosis, though. It's like something that you. Yeah. It, it, it's not just a word you talk. You can't just toss it around. Like if you really feel that way about yourself. Please, I implore. I, I go go get help. Go get help. Go yeah. talk to somebody. You know, if if your pastor doesn't understand it, go see a, a clinical psychologist. Go see uh, a talk therapist. Go see somebody. Go see a clinician. Like, get yourself right. Mm -hmm. Don't. And I think there's importance talk, like to talk, talk to, about it. To I say mean, you can not don't talk about it, but don't glorify it. Yeah. Don't self-diagnose it. Yeah. Because yeah. there's people out there that really are suffering mm -hmm. that 
you know, and it just takes away from everything we're going through when people just want to throw it around like, I've heard, I've heard it so many times. Oh yeah, I have anxiety too. It gets watered down. Oh, I have anxiety too. And I'm like, okay, talk about it with me. And they talk about it with me and it's not anxiety. Yeah. I'm not a doctor, but I think I'm, I think I'm an expert on the subject after being a sufferer for 15 years. Mm -hmm. I've been to enough doctors that I should have a psychology degree. (laughs) I'm serious. You know, like I I, I don't say that lightly. I've spent hours and hours going over this yeah. material and talking about it and reading about it and yeah. doing everything I can and taking every turn to beat it mm-hmm. and yeah don't glorify it mm-hmm. it's not why, why would anyone want to you, you know to say like go and that? seek seek help like I feel like I need to slide this in yeah. you know there's so there's so many um there's so many therapists and psychiatrists psychologists what whatever whatever we want to mm-hmm. label all the things right um, I strongly recommend seeing somebody that is faith-based, somebody that, um, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a quote-unquote Christian counselor, but even if they don't label themselves that way, I think that in your therapy, like it's so important as a believer, which is the majority of our audience that listens, to find somebody that you align with on your beliefs because they this there is this is a spiritual battle too like there's chemical imbalance and all the things which I get I went 15 years not knowing it was a spiritual battle how about that right yes like how about that I I thought it was completely chemical and completely you know but now I but but then here's the here's the rub in this fleshly diagnosis that I've got Hmm. how does God take care of it for me because it's his now I've given it to him yeah completely yeah and I'm I don't know what I'm supposed to do now. Mm. You know, it's like I've done all I can on this earth to fix it. And now, 15 years later, you have given it to God. Finally. 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 I didn't know that I was supposed to do that. I was just playing Christian the whole time, not really doing the things you were supposed to do. Wow. I was, you know, not pretending, but I was like living that lifestyle that I was. Oh, yeah, I go to church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not practicing, yeah. not really practicing. Now I'm finally living that. Wow. I'm living those words and declaring and doing like we talked about that you know, de- yeah. at the beginning, declaring. So this is actually a really great place to stop. So we try to keep our I went over one topic. You realize at, that? But listen, we're <laughs> right at 30 minutes and you said you got us all the way to the point that you said, okay, now I have finally given that to God. Mm-hmm. Right? So this whole time. From the time, from the very first, like electrocuting yourself trauma, mm-hmm. all the way through to suffering for the last 15 years, and you've finally given it to God. We want to know. Like, we're going to leave everybody in suspense for a whole week, John. Let's do it. Are you excited about that? Yeah. I'm kind of excited about that. Yeah. So, that we're going to stop recording here, okay. and next week you will pick up and um, you're going to tell us about what that looks like. How did you give it over to God and what the journey has been like since then? So you guys have to stay tuned for next week. Please. Um, John is going to be back. He's the first ever guest that will be on two separate episodes. So I'm totally That's stoked about that. That's a privilege. I'm so happy to be here. And like I said, I want somebody to get something out of this. Amen. So I will sit here day after day after day until we get the whole story out, until somebody goes and gets some help, does mm. something, whatever mm-hmm. they do, mm-hmm. go get help. Don't suffer. Don't suffer by yourself. Mm-hmm. Talk about it. 
you know, like. Contact us. We'll talk to you. Hey, I'll we'll talk point to you, you in the right. It will point you in a good direction. And, and talk about. And one more thing, I want to say there is, for the people listening regionally who are in this area, there is a faith-based. Uh, there is a faith-based psychiatry group mm-hmm. in Pasadena, mm-hmm. and I've and I've used them before. I've gone to them, and that was before I was really practicing right. my Christianity. So I didn't really take advantage of it because mm. you can go there, and they and if you want, they won't say anything about God. Right. But if you want to, they'll talk about God with you. Right. They will, and they'll enter it into the psychiatry, into the into the medicine. Yeah. The the and I'm not talking about pills. I'm talking about the talk medicine. Yeah. That you're going to use, that you're going to get. So, yeah. um, don't be uh don't feel like you have to do don't this feel on like your it's own. it's and it's and it is there yeah we're in the south of course there's faith-based yeah. psychiatrists for sure <laughs> for sure yeah so if that is you and you are listening and you need help please reach out to us and stay tuned for um next week but until next time you guys just know that you are so very very loved say bye john later guys see you next week <laughs>